Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Black Oak Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode, the penultimate episode of Wheel of Time, episode seven, entitled The Dark Along the Ways, written by Amanda K. Schumann and Catherine B. McKenna, directed by Kirian Donnelly. I gave this episode an eight out of 10. As a penultimate episode, I may not have been as harsh on it if it wasn't a penultimate episode but i found myself not as thoroughly impressed with the trajectory there were some things that i really did enjoy about it but there were a few other i think character developments or lack of aspects that i didn't enjoy so i'm Excited to see what happens next week. I'm glad that we found out what the blight is after they've mentioned it all episode. But there are a few questions that have been answered, but not in any great satisfactory type of manner. We'll dig more into it as we go into our recap. Pretty awesome uh, battle opening scene. I must say didn't know what the relevance was until the end of the episode and to be quite frank i almost forgot about the whole entire scene <laughs> when it was shown once again i was like oh yeah whatever happened to that lady <laughs> where we see a pregnant woman fighting off various soldiers while in labor eventually it's time to push but alas one has her at sword point uh as sequences goes this was really cool just not realistic it's just it's not realistic y'all there's nothing like a contraction okay it is meant to break you so much so that your memory completely blocks out the whole entire trauma of childbirth <laughs> she had to die afterwards that was the only thing that was the most realistic and that was not even accounting for the dagger going into her back and her bleeding profusely um <laughs> doing as much as she was doing in labor probably would have killed her picking back up with our group they want to go back for matt like he didn't as moraine pointed out clearly make his choice she tells ran he knows the darkness in him better than anyone so it's probably for the best that he's out there not in here we're wasting time so they walk off this is i will say a moraine trait that is not all to get like there is a moment in this episode where we're having words about how much that we should take for granted what moraine says and i will say she does have a tendency to just walk off and be like oh you'll follow and she's done that since they've met <laughs> and i'm all for like clearly she's got some information that she's privy to that means we should follow her but i i don't know why anyone would blindly follow her and i'm glad that everyone is kind of not doing so with the exception of Egwene, who is considered smart for doing so but not not really um <laughs> should be a little skeptical don't go into the world naive and trusting everybody because that's the sure way to get your ass uh played they still debate amongst themselves with lol lolio forgot his name telling them there is no way to open the gate you can't just use the one power in here because you risk the wrath of machin chin machine chin that's what it is feasting on your soul Egwene is talking since that Matt chose to leave them. Not that we're leaving him behind. I mean, there were 55,000 steps between you and him. I think that he chose to stay where he was. He'd been trying to leave you, Ran, from the minute he was separated from the group. The only reason why he stuck with it this long is because he thought he was channeling the dark power and might be the dragon reborn, so he was terrified. But otherwise, if it wasn't for Tom, his ass would have been on the next ferry back to Tar Valar. Uh, Heron agrees that they are out of options, so we might as well follow them. And Nynaeve 
makes the promise to Rand to find him when it's over. Now fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Moraine explains to Lon uh, when he asks if Matt is the like, what if it's him? It's like, well, it's better that he's not uh, easy pickings for the the dragon that he doesn't turn to the shadow and that there is an inherent darkness in him she kind of repeats the exact dialogue from the previous episode and thus i was like okay we're reminding the audience a little bit what i did not know was that the actor that plays matt quit the show at this point uh reasons unknown and they have recast him for season two so we're not going to see any more of Matt. And that's uh, that's pretty crazy because I think we were supposed to get more of his story. Because I was surprised we didn't go back to him at all. But then after I learned that news, I was like, holy shit. That's, um, I don't know why he decided to, uh, to leave the show. But that is uh, what has happened. Lola is not helping morale, pointing out this place used to be lush earth and now one misstep, misstep, and you're in a bottomless pit. I was listening to just sidebar, I was listening to re listening to because I just had it on of one of my podcasts. And I, if you don't know this by now, every time that I'm recording, I'm in some state of inebriation. So sometimes i trip over my words or i say words in place of other words and i don't know because you know i'm not <laughs> half self-aware of that but then listening back on i'm like i sound fucked up <laughs> and i don't know what the edit button is supposed to do for me because i don't use it <laughs> i refuse to listen to my whole entire podcast to take things out that i shouldn't or need to say but I, I don't have that time Rand tells him back to the show that he doesn't need to expound on the worst. We got it. Lon shares with Nynaeve that he bet with Moraine that she was pouting instead of scowling and assures her that Matt is better out there despite getting her to smile a little bit. Then in here, solishing her worry. Heron spots ahead due to his wolf eyes, a guiding stone being defaced. Something in Ogier would never do indicating sabotage lol will need i, I need another name for him because i hate lol <laughs> we'll need some time to figure out the directions so moraine encourages them to rest Rand said if he's asking for patience our universe is doomed doomed there were definitely some attempts at humor some worked some did not <laughs> it's not down to the actors it's just i kept laughing every time there was a moment to have an aside with the character in that cramped little space i just kept giggling especially with lan and Mara marine <laughs> what if he is the dragon honey you know something about you know who's following us don't you <laughs> Egwene and Rand cuddle while Perrin has a look. Oh, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Back to that in a minute. Nynaeve gives Lon one, but for the most part, is content to watch her flock. I like that she took the, the closest position to, you know, where they need to be to look out for them. This is my thing. Like, Egwene wanted to be a wisdom in training, which means that she gave up the future with Rand. And they're, they're, I don't care about this relationship. I've tried to. I was thinking Perrin's look, quite frankly, wasn't at this point in the story. Uh, a look of, oh, she's with him. I thought it was a look of, you know, I miss my wife. I miss that partnership. I miss having that significant other. So I actually did not read into this <laughs> at the moment. That it might be a look of coveting, which they're kind of trying to tell us is what it is in the background based on some previous, I, I don't know. I do not know and I'm not sure where it's going. I don't want to see Perrin dragged down into it, even though I do like Egwene and Perrin much more than I like Rand and Egwene. 
they i don't know what it is about them two in that particular ship i want to ship it but i just they both annoy me when they're together <laughs> I, I want it not to be the case but alas it is Egwene wakes to a charlock whistling and, and instinctively channels however the blast seemed to have knocked the charlock back and that came from ran like even without seeing the dark side and later on where we get the big reveal in this episode it's when I first realized, oh, in the show, this is concrete evidence that he's the Dragon Reborn. The spoiler alert, we find out he's the Dragon Reborn. Already suspected it, because he, he's the one that had the most dreams of the Dark One. Not to mention it's in the books. <laughs> so, this is all canon. That's why I was like, I'm not that surprised. But in the show, I don't feel like they've done much to lead up to it not anything more special than anyone else so i thought the rush to get there was really sloppy a trollic in the ways explains how they got to the two rivers so fast and who defaced the the, the gilding guiding gilding they've been asking that question all this time you know how did they get to the two rivers so fast how are they traveling clearly anyone that, that's the part i don't understand how is it that they must have a dark channeler they must have more people like Logan out there that is able to still be able to channel but keep the madness at bay and i think that's what uh that fadine or fame guy is doing more on him in a minute despite its impossibility it seems to be happening they're not going to make it to their gate so they need to tap out at the nearest one Nynaeve is concerned about the dark wind, knowing that Egwene has channeled Machine Chen that will speak to you, but you can't listen. I did like the uh, the particular shot of Fane in the shadows lurking around. Creeper. Oh man. I thought we was gonna get some type of Lord of the Rings moment from Moraine. But instead, that honor went to a different character. They make it to the gate, but the whispers in the morning. <laughs> oh, well, <I> was <laughs> I'm so stupid sometimes. I really put that in my notes. <laughs> Oh, if you don't get the joke, you just, you don't get it. I, I can't even inform you. Basically, we hear all of their fears. Moraine's uncertainty is preyed on, as well as the possible deaths of these children. Egwene feels insecure and a fraud. Rand fears Egwene. She does. She's like, I want to be, uh, I want to be naive. And naive wants no part of that. Uh, Rand fears Egwene will never love him as much as he loves her. Okay, so this is my thing. Rand can love you all day long, but you ain't got nothing else in your heart and soul that's a more pressing manner. It turns out he did. We just didn't know it. Because <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, uh, come on, man. He got more on his mind than my girlfriend doesn't love me enough. Like, we already know that. You already have this conversation. Uh, while Perrin killed his wife to get her out of the way of his stronger love for another woman. Okay, 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 okay. That's when I realized, oh, so they are saying just that. They're trying to create a triangle here, and I don't want to see it. I want to see um, Rand, Joshua Stradowski, the actor that plays Rand. Woo, I saw him in a photo with his tidy whities on. My mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yes. He is too young. He is 26. I am 38. <laughs> I know some people are like, well, the age ain't nothing but a number. Yeah, but I feel icky about it. 
Lon fears that he can't protect her, and I don't know which her he talking about, Moraine or Nynaeve. It could be either in this moment, while Nynaeve worries that she will hear their screams of death like her parents and she'll be alone once again. Out of all the anxieties, about three were not high school drama level related. Nynaeve prove what proves once again when it comes to saving those she cares about, particularly when she's inept. The power is strong within her. This girl is on fire. Ashley felt very uh, emotional in this moment because she's choosing to protect them. And you have this moment that Moraine looks over and it's, you know, it's a lot of a burden on Moraine's shoulders right now. So her being able to have another channeler with her to be able to protect this group and it's not all on her. I think that that it was a beautiful moment. And then you see afterwards when she says job well done and she shares a meaningful look with her like, hey, in this we are aligned. We are going to protect these these little lambs that are ours, <laughs> our little lambs. They have arrived at the fortress city of Faldara, where they have friends, and I guess we didn't say goodbye to Lola because we didn't see him afterwards. They are a day away from their destination, but after the stress of the ways, they could use a respite with Rand crying in his feelings once again. Knowing that it was more than just the Egwene thing, I felt a little bit more... <laughs> I felt a different way on how he I was like come on now y'all ain't gonna play him like a full a full simp turns out Lon is from the city and called Deshaun very much respected by Lord Yakota whose family has for generations protected against the blight from Trollocs and shit when they are introduced into his court he thinks that the Aes Sedai and Moraine in particular have been said to come meddling in how he protects his kingdom but she only intends to give him a warning of the trollocs in the ways and to accept his hospitality too late um the shit starter or the peddler already here We meet Lady Amaliza, love her, can channel, and is aligned with her brother. Despite the alliance with, alliance with the White Tower, uh, she's not going to do anything that jeopardizes you know, her people here. She wants to go see a seer, Moraine, and her name is Min. She's in town still. Moraine then passes on a message to the Aes Sedai to the Red Raja and particularly to hunt down Matt. <laughs> Moraine has a concerned look regarding Rand's frowning face or maybe that recognizable sword he got on his uh, belt buckle there not brought up at all. Egwene assures him that whatever the wind said everything will be fine. I think that is uh I mean, she's just constantly optimistic. I love her for that particular trait. We need someone in the group like that. But sometimes I'm like, yeah, but I need to brood for a second. Can you just let me brood? Heron thinks he spots the peddler, Patton Fane, but Nynaeve believes that the man is dead. They remark how bell time seems like a different life. In the tavern, Moraine is given the side eye by everyone. What's good, Nyuka? They do not like Ace and I in these parts. The group get a moment of levity as Perrin tells him about the traveler's ways. Moran is hung up on the fact that they don't eat meat. And I would be too. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, greens, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rat. You Nynaeve's like, I know we all having fun, but what the fuck is Moraine up to? It took me a minute to notice Lon wasn't with them. Man is tasked, she's a bartender, tasked with figuring out which is the dragon while reading their auras or getting visions after Moraine passively, aggressively threatens her with outing her gift. And I like seeing this other side of Moraine. This is the side that the others are a little 
oblivious. I can't wait for that moment in which Egwene's the one that's like, oh, you may be a little bit untrustworthy in some areas of the information you're filtering down to us. Perrin has yellow eyes and blood down his mouth. Rand is rocking a baby that looks like Egwene and his. White flame for the girls and a ring of gold. What does that mean? They are all linked, which is unusual. And since their visions are clear, then they are important to the pattern. Moraine gets a vision too. The Amberlynn seat. She is going to be your downfall. Back at the castle, Moraine joins the group with Lon at her side now and tells them we're leaving in the morning. Then she really turned around to leave. So they ask, hey, what about that woman you took us to? She barks at Nynaeve to stop accusing her of lying. And I know that she can't lie as an Aes Sedai. But at the same time, I wanted to say in that moment, I wanted Ran, who pointed out when she was gone. The obvious, just because she can't lie doesn't mean she can't mislead. And clearly she has a long time advantage with the knowledge, y'all when it comes to us and i really wanted not even that moment to say i understand you cannot lie but you clearly don't need to tell us everything if we don't dig into your kidneys to get the info you ain't volunteering you volunteering she admits that the bartender couldn't determine whoever whoever is the dragon but that whomever it isn't is going to die in the eye of the world like, yeah, just throw that on people's laps. Like, we all run around like soldiers. <laughs> She's like, look, I don't want any of y'all to die. And she has given them a semblance of a choice with Rand thinking she might force them. I actually don't doubt that Nynaeve will give her a run for her money. She's like, she can try. Like, that, let's, let's, not keep, let's not get it twisted. I'm not saying Moraine ain't better. I'm not saying that Nynaeve would win. <laughs> But I think that if she, if there was a, a trying, she was going to do it. The only person 100% on board is Egwene because Moraine can do no wrong despite us being seen. She is in fact deceptive if she needs to be, proving she is in fact naive, naive, <laughs> naive, even if they do indeed need to see this thing play out. But damn, um... I still want to live. <laughs> I want to have my life. <laughs> uh, we are taking one person's word for it, which is at least worth a debate and not just me being prideful. I understood where Egwene was coming from uh, if they had retained the Matt last episode. But I don't think it's prideful to say, hey, let's act like we have a choice in our own fate and that we're actually actively choosing it versus going along with it i don't think that's prideful i think that's the wrong word for it it reminds me of a debate we had online which was actually a really nice debate to have uh we had a conversation last week because someone made that comment um which you know because i talked about it on the podcast and you know there's it sparked a conversation and i think the word that many people <laughs> were struggling with is arrogant and I think people have a different understanding of what that means and how it retains to a person. And that's fair, particularly across different culture base. But I think it's also important that other people know that black women have been, I mean, if you're not in America, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I know Africa is definitely high up there where, where it comes there's a lot against black women or uh, it's a lack of understanding of black women particularly in media and how it's portrayed in media is very much how it is betrayed in life which is why you know right or wrong sometimes you can get triggered by how those characters are being treated not only within a television show but particularly in a fandom um and you have those characters that are, you're just not given as much weight or as much time 
trying to decipher and figure those people out as, as people as you are any other character that's contrary and uh you do you have ran against moraine but no one's ever saying uh you know shut the fuck up uh ran you're so stupid you know no one wants to hear you talk why don't you listen why don't you follow it's a derogatory continuous cycle of behavior that's being pushed upon black women as their place so when you see that um in other places it's hard for you not to viscerally react um in a negative way because in a lot of circumstances this is how very much how black women deal with we put a lot of burdens on ourselves uh it's not to say that we don't have opportunities uh i think we had a really good discussion about naomi's character in the expanse if you watch that show about how sometimes we need to lean on the people that we love however it, it continues to be this huge topic in every single fandom doesn't matter where you go if the black character is not uh, in a position that fully supports the caucasian characters they are then considered the problem and that is a problem in itself so i want to stress too hard on it because i don't think in the show that is what is being like i think all the characters are acting in a in a response that it feels natural and i can understand each perspective and that's how you are as people like even this little fight that they were having in this room they're family they're allowed to fight they're allowed to be angry at each other they're allowed to say things that upset the other and that's that's just part of life that's you know we don't have to hate or choose not to like some a character just because they don't agree with another character that is <laughs> that's also spiraling into our life cycle of how we handle people and that's just not what you're supposed to do you should be having these hard conversations and if feelings get hurt they get hurt but that's why we invented the apology uh as the boys start to fight over Egwene, because um her fear is genuine kind of echoing what Rand says i don't want to lose anybody else i can't lose anyone else in this room so they get into it about matt because he's like you never cared about matt you didn't like him she just keeps repeating the same thing he left us he left us which is true and then that's when Perrin really got into something that didn't concern him like stop talking to her like that and then that's when nani was like can y'all please stop talking can you stop fighting over her like she's some damn prize and that causes tension because apparently uh he thinks that Perrin's been coveting his girl all this time like oh you only got with your wife until or when me and Egwene got together and then he stepped up in a oh, first I mean he really tried it though <laughs> he really stepped up into Perrin's face and Perrin answered like uh the only person I've ever loved is my wife I'm gonna need you to back the fuck off. And Ram was smart enough to back the fuck out. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Like, whoops, maybe I crossed the line. Because he will beat my ass. And I do not doubt for a second he would have beat your ass. Also realize that Matt's kind of like the drug addict in the family. <laughs> that's what he reminds me of emotional at the mess that she made naive self-soothes but the love triangle ain't it i kind of crack ship ran and naive only because they have sense and they complement each other's more cynical side and i do think that they genuinely are going to be taken on to much bigger paths than their other two counterparts but i think that they are a family they care about each other and this was just them being angry at fate right now and dealing with some jealousy because he's like you already left me <laughs> but this is why i can't stand them because they're just having the same conversation over and over and over again and i just i'm tired of hearing it they all believe moraine for the most part i think it's just clear that she kept this as a secret i think that they're venting their feelings 
This is still kind of sad thinking that they left Matt when they totally did not. Moraine is keeping shit from Lon and tells him he should say his goodbyes. Guilty. His life is tied to this mission and to her instead of the wisdom he has eyes for that she likes despite the sharp tones and stares. <laughs> um, Lon replies, you know, you gave my, my life purpose and meaning. Nani follows Lon to where he has a family or at least uh, a semblance of a family. He knows she is following him and invites her inside. How the fuck did he get from inside to outside? I do not know. I was like, oh, that's some Batman shit right there. <laughs> where she enjoys a meal and hears stories. Um, well, she listens to Lon tell stories about killing Chalks. The one guy thanks her for keeping him safe. They think she's an eyes to die. She's like, nope. And they call her beautiful. And Lion goes, yeah, I didn't notice. They walk to his door and he tells her goodnight. Walking in when she totally expected a kiss. So she invites herself inside. And let's talk about him shirtless. Yeah, you got that yummy, 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 yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy, 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 yummy. Oh, I was all about this. All about it. I kind of feel like it's rushed, but you're heading into death. You might die tomorrow. This is definitely when you get it in. So I was like, yeah, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. <laughs> And I think that their scene afterwards definitely um, solidified them as two people that really like and enjoy each other, but also married to their jobs. The Rand and Egwene business. Oh my God, who the hell cares? It feels more melodramatic than it needs to be. Maybe that's the point. Once again, I don't dislike these characters at all. I just don't. It doesn't work for me as a relationship. Nynaeve has already regathered her impulsiveness and asked what... We all want to know who the fuck is Deshaun. <laughs> They've been calling you this name. Apparently, Lon is heir apparent to the kings of Malkier that was taken by the Blight years ago. They shared or they share slaughtered family history. And my boy is royalty, y'all. Oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. So now she fully understands why he is so committed to Moraine. He's like, she doesn't know me. Get your ass back to bed and stop playing like you don't have them children yourself. Rand randomly realizes he's the dragon. The woman at the beginning was his mother. And his quote-unquote father saved her, which is why he had the sword. And once again, all of this was already here, but it was like, woo! <laughs> it was all thrown in one basket and sprawled out in this episode. And I was kind of like, oh, all right. They all meet and make up in Nynaeve's room, deciding to go. I wish there was more from Perrin. Because I felt as if there was nothing for him. Like, the, him and Egwene made up. That wasn't reconciled. He's still making puppy eyes at Egwene. And she feels like she kind of knows it. Kind of. Kind of knows it. And he decides to go. But I don't feel, with everyone else, the reasoning is there. But with Perrin, I, I, I don't... I don't know what they want to do with him. And I feel like they could do so much more. Lon comes to Nynaeve's room to let her know that Moraine masked their bond. Because Rand went knocking on her door. Told her that I am the dragon. He wants to spare everyone's life. She wants to spare Lon's life. And they both head to the eye of the world alone through the blight. And that is how we end the episode. I'm sure there's some huge showdown happening or may happen. I just realized I probably got Sophie Okanado for one episode and one episode only. Which makes me sad. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think it's really stupid that they would go there by themselves. I understand what they were thinking. The fact that Moraine still doesn't know what it all means. 
and that she really is missing pieces of the puzzle i think they all should have just went but i know where their their heart was it just is not going to work out for them because of course of course they're going to follow them why would they not so those are my thoughts on the episode i thought that you know it could have been a little tighter i wish i was as emotionally invested in some of the relationship one i was more so than the other i don't think that parent is being serviced enough especially since he's done one of the most traumatic things and with Rand being the dragon in one episode left and he's the one that channeled you know they show that brief moment of him channeling i just don't think that they've spent enough time with Rand either to really put him in the spotlight that they're trying to put him in and maybe that just comes with time again i have not read the book so maybe this all falls in line maybe this is uh you know a lot of things probably happened in between and they just it wasn't going to be able to translate well it wasn't bad uh still really decent episode i just while i love naive and line together there's a part of me that was hoping that maybe she would open up about her own issues about communicating being able to be a wisdom you know she's a wisdom but it seems as if she's not been able to shine in that capacity however they don't really show other than her facial expressions her at least being open up with someone else to share that burden with it was cute when the only thing cute about that scene was when Rand said, I can be your warder. That was sweet. But boy, you need to seriously fuck somebody else because <laughs> it was with the motherfucker. No, I know they loved each other since they were children. I get it. It is adorable. I just wish I felt it. So those are my thoughts on the episode. We do have feedback. So let's hop on into the mailbag. Christina is me shy this is my feedback for the will of time episode 7 thankfully you were gracious enough to delay your podcast so we can get our feedback in um but yeah I, I I think I mentioned it before I mean it's truly I'm not throwing shade I mean I'm being sincere when I say it is a complete challenge for me to do feedback watch an episode and give feedback because it's just a lot. Fridays are a very busy day for me. And so, yeah. So, it's, I mean, I'm not trying to be difficult. <laughs> I'm not trying to be other times, you know. Yeah, yeah, you can side-eye me. But I truly do enjoy these shows and really want to watch them and provide feedback. It's just I don't have time to watch them until um, later in the after work and of course you know I've mentioned this many times before my brain on Fridays are mush I, I you know it's a long week especially if I've worked many hours that week I'm just you know down for the count when it comes to um, watching TV and giving feedback but I tried I did watch it last night and I, I'm not gonna lie I had to watch some of it again today because there's some things that I wasn't my brain must not have registered and so because when I was thinking about the episode I'm like what happened here so anyway so I'll start out by saying that Rand's mom is a badass I mean she wins hands down (laughs) for the I mean it's sad that she died I mean I'll say that I mean even though I knew it was coming because I figured it was Rand's mom as soon as I saw her and that she was pregnant, I figured this was Rand's backstory in regards to what happened to him. But uh, can we give it up for her? She's she's in labor, probably eight, nine months pregnant, in labor, give, about to give birth. 
and she's still taking down folks like nobody's business. And so I'm like, damn, these men, they got to feel <laughs> that this woman is just getting the best of them while she's in labor. So, but yeah, um, that was, again, it was one of those mixed emotion scenes for me. I was totally impressed, mad respect, but obviously sad, you know, that she had to pass away after such a phenomenal battle that she put on by herself. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this episode because it gave me a little bit of everything. We got more of Lon and Rand's backstory, you know, again, and we got more of an explanation that we were all curious about in regards to Perrin, like what was that situation with him and Layla about? And so this episode gave that to us. And so, and the connections between all the people. Um, And I'm thinking that's very interesting. I'm loving, it's it's like it's bringing it all together in this interesting way. You know, Moran and Lon, then we got the five, Nanive, Egwene, Perrin, Matt, and Ran. And and so it's it's very interesting. And And that's why I'm even more on board with what Mimi said. I believe you said it too, Christina. And I was hopping on board with that theory. And I'm really on board with it after this episode because, and Egwene mentioned it as well. Because here's my thing. You don't know what you don't understand. You don't know what you don't know. And my, um, Moran and the Aes Sedai and the Amulacy, they're going off of the past and what's, what's, what's done in the past, how it went down in the past on when it comes to the dragon reborn and I feel like these five are special and there's a reason like I said in my last feedback they were in this village they're all in this village they have this special bond this special connection and I feel that's going to come into play um, in regards to this dragon reborn and facing the dark one and this episode just solidified that for me because it's like they all have a special power for a reason and they all came to this one particular village you got ran you know mom died and the, his, his father picks him up takes him to this village Nanive, her parents died and whoever it was brought her to this village there's a reason for that there's there's a connection there that's going to uh bring about what we're going to see later on in regards to taking on the dark one and um it's not going to be just ran which i feel like you know is is a misdirect because we got in this episode those wind those whispers saying yeah you're the dragon reborn you know you are blah 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 and so i feel like it's not that simple it's not and they wouldn't reveal it just like that that oh yeah it's ran so yeah and of course it's what we suspect and, and so I just feel like it's not going to be as simple as Joe Rand is the Dragon Reborn and they're going to go off and do what they got to do. Um, and I don't feel like, just like Egwene said, I don't feel like they're going to die. It, that's just a prophecy from, again, previous from history. And of course, that's all they have to go off of. So that's what they're going to tell. But that's not what's going to happen this time. So Perrin being in love with Egwene, that was a surprise. I didn't see that coming because, like I said, that explains that tension between Layla and Perrin. So Layla must have known about that. And, of course, that makes sense now because she was out there doing her uh, initiation. And so she and she wasn't Layla's like stayed apart. She didn't want to be a part of the celebration um, in that episode. So now I'm understanding why. Lon being a uh, royalty, so he was a prince in line to the throne for his um, for his country or whatever they call it there. <laughs> and before his whole family was wiped out and he escaped. So I thought that was interesting because him and Moran probably share that same type of story. Because we learned that Moran was is royalty as well. And so that's probably where their connection comes from, their special connection and bond. And that's what I mean when I say they're, you know, we're finding out these interesting connections between all the characters. Did Moran send uh, a message for Leandrin to go after Matt because she's 
concerned about what is going on with Matt or that he can still, the dark one can still overtake him. And so she's concerned about that. Um, very interesting about that. Um, and we got the flashbacks of Rand and seeing that he was channeling the whole time. So when he bust down the door, he was channeling. When it wasn't a green, because I originally thought it was a green that channeled to, you know, push the, um, when they were in the cave, but it was him. And so I'm like, wow, look at y'all trying to bring, you know, coming up with the reveal about Rand. So that was very interesting. I did not see that coming. Obviously, we all suspect he was a Dragon Reborn, but I didn't see, they didn't show that aspect in those scenes at the time. So the flashbacks were really good. I loved them. You see Nynaeve using her powers again to protect and so yeah it's again like i said they're all powerful in their own way and it's all gonna come out um we saw that the seer was saying something about um suan um that she's gonna be her downfall and i'm still on the theory that the dark one planted those dreams just to lure out the five and so that they could be more susceptible and more um that they can get to them a lot easier with them out in the open and so he planted and made it seem like he's weaker and all that stuff and so maybe that's what the seer was talking about when she said that she would be her downfall because because of what she saw she told moran and moran got the five out of there um and then here we are and they're vulnerable or supposedly vulnerable that's my theory at the moment at the very least very curious as to where Matt went. I mean, I, they didn't show him this episode, so I'm wondering where did he go um, when he left, uh, when he didn't go with them. So very, I'm sure they'll show him in this next episode. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited and kind of, you know, part of me is bummed that I got to wait a week, but I understand the anticipation of it is still good. Um, so yeah, that's all I have for now. Um, can't think of anything else that I can say before my time is up. So I'll let you do your recap and let Mimi have her 20 minutes of feedback. <laughs> Until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic, queen of the couch, shy. I see how she clowned uh, Mimi right there, who I don't think is going to make it for this particular episode. But I did laugh when you pointed out she do for real, for real. <laughs> for real for real be like 45 minutes to an hour <laughs> she's like I got so much to say <laughs> when do you not <laughs> it was clowning her but uh I see you got all of the theories and you like this episode a lot better than I did you like the, the, the developments that were going on and that's fair um I, uh, I, I, I don't know if, I think that they're all connected. I'm just not sure if they're all connected to this dragon reborn thing. So I don't have as many theories. I'm down with all of your theories. I think anything is possible. I think you're right. And I did agree with Egwene on that point. Like she doesn't know everything. She believes this is what the fate is to be, but we're clearly an unusual group of people that were pulled together by the wheel for a particular a particular future in which we're all very much important to said path um so that's how i see it and it's a little different than the dragon reborn i did peep before the reveal reveal just because it didn't seem like naive, not, not naive, Egwene had that power. Even when she was channeling, it seemed like a self-defense. And then when it kind of went back, it, it was only when, and I didn't even see the black part. It's only when I saw him grab her that I noticed is when the Trolloc was actually affected and it was after she had channeled. So I actually was paying attention <laughs> closely to that scene because it was her first channeling moment. So I was all excited about it, but I was like, whoa. It doesn't seem like you did that. Um, so I wasn't as surprised about that. I already met, made my feelings known about that particular, how it all kind of came out. Um, 
I will say with the whole parent thing, yeah, that is, uh, there is when, like, when you pointed that out, our first meeting, you know, he was hugging the wall, staring at Egwene with Ran, and Nynaeve had to walk over and tell her, or tell him, you need to go home to your wife. It doesn't account for the marks, but, uh, yeah, that does explain why she might not have showed up for her, knowing that her husband has feelings for another woman even if he is suppressing i don't know i just considering what perrin's been through i just feel as if you know we didn't need to give him any additional you know type of heartache right (laughs) so i think that's maybe my my initial like i like the couple together but this whole oh i've loved you this whole time and i need calling it out you know because she didn't because he was like what did you say she knew she knew from the get-go that that to me solidifies that she knew uh and then even when Nynaeve showed back up and she says how are you apology I didn't mean to blow things up not I did not mean what I said (laughs) and I think Egwene is is a little bit aware of that more so now I think that her heart is with Rand but I do think she needs to let Rand go like you clearly have like it's it's almost like love or your career you have to choose love or your career you've chosen your career at this point all you're doing is having this puppy trail around you and it's starting to feel like edward the six what's his name (laughs) that prince that was with miss wallace lost his damn mind yeah i don't like that particular look although i do like it over a woman of color and I think that's all the notes I have. Um, for the most part, we're all aligned on the same page. I'm curious to see what happens next episode. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see Matt. Uh, yeah, I was very surprised by that, that news. And I, I just think that he abruptly left and that left everyone in lingo. And we're not going to see him until next season when he's recast. Which I've heard they've already started filming. So, hey, it's going to be a little weird. But can't help when when an actor decides to leave a show. And that concludes our feedback this week. If you want to join in our conversation, blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.